We are in Champions League, man. That was my Dilly din, dilly dong, come on. I will love it if we beat them. Love it. This is the Modern Soccer Coach Podcast with Gary Kearney. Hello, welcome to the Modern Soccer Coach Podcast. My name is Gary Kernin. Joining us today is Joe Hickman. He's an analyst currently working at Real Salt Lake in MLS. Really interesting journey. Worked in the college game, heavily involved in the youth game as well. Talks about life as an MLS analyst, the processes at Real Salt Lake, and what kind of analysis processes he would go back and implement at college. There's a little bit of traction on the audio for the first 10 to 12 minutes, but please stick with it. It does improve as the interview goes on. Today's podcast is sponsored by Football Careers. New sponsor for us, the global football recruitment company that specializes in recruitment for clubs, colleges, university, and private soccer academies around the world. We're really, really excited to team up with them. We're going to hear about them at the halfway point. They've got a special offer for coaches if you want help with your resume. So please check that out. All right, here is Joe. Enjoy. Joe, thanks so much for joining me today on the Modern Soccer Coach Podcast. Really, really excited to have you on. Thanks for having me, Gary. I've been a fan for a few years now, so it's a pleasure to be here. First question, your journey as a college coach and now working at the MLS as a professional analyst. Was there a point in your journey where you specifically said, I- I'm going to pinpoint this analysis side or I'm moving into this or or did the stars almost align and, and you found yourself moving in that direction? Which one was it? The stars aligning. Uh, just during the pandemic, I just get bored so easily. I knew that there was something I could do to just elevate my coaching a little bit more. So I got I got into the analysis of the game. I've always been with the college coaching. Um, but I wanted to really dial it in. So um, I was able to, I, I ended up reaching out to Coach Paint and asking if there's anything I could do to, to get access to their product, even though I didn't have the money that they required. Unfortunately, they said yes. So they ended up training me on how to use it. And I would wake up in the early hours of the morning before the family's up and I'd start annotating some, some clips. And at the same I started to twist so I could post all my work on there. I could share it with my players. Um, and then I'd start to reach uh, some professional coaches, really just looking for feedback on how close am I being at that level? You know, how, how far away am I from that level? And uh, I researched with a lot of coaches. Most of them, I didn't hear a response. There was a few that, that gave me a response back, and I did an analysis for them. Uh, but no real feedback ever happened. Uh, unfortunately but so i just kept going with that same process you know rinse and repeat wake up cut film um tag it or, or telestrate it sorry and and that's, and it's just the process of that then one day on twitter real Salt Lake posted what their what all the coaches were doing from the first team from the monarchs and from the royals during the lockdown order i, I just responded on that post not knowing that i was you know tagging every single coach on the post, just asking, is there anything making some game film? I've got this new software. I'd love to put together 
uh, an analysis for you. And 15 minutes later, Freddy Juarez, the head coach at the time, uh, asked for my email. He sent me some game film, and I put together a little project for him. Um, he was really great about giving me feedback, and he sat down on a call with me, which was really awesome, really great for me. And then he that's how I got introduced to Rob Rogers at the time. So Rob Rogers was the only video analyst, and I basically would help him tag games up to, to, try, to try to help his workload out a little bit. Um, so I tagged games, really not knowing what I was doing, just doing the best I could. And a year ago passed, my position opens up, Rob's the director of video analysis, and he offers me the job. So that's how I, I landed the position I'm in. Wow. Wow. That's really, really interesting. Just a pretty proactive, really, and going after it. I mean, there's a couple of things there with, the, first of all, the coach paint, learning to use something. But I want to go back. You said that you wanted to take it a bit more seriously. Was was there a piece in the college coach of you that thought, I want to do a bit more soccer here and less almost like academic coordinating or recruiting or whatever it is, you know? That, that was exactly it. I mean, the, the college part of it is so little of soccer and so much of everything else. I just knew that I want to be fully invested in soccer. And, and I, feel, I always wanted the professional level. Um, so I thought I love coaching the college level, the high level, um, but I always wanted to be in a professional environment, learning from those coaches and, and just being immersed in, in the pressure and the intensity of everything. Um, so that's why I, I thought that if I could add analysis to my skill set, then maybe that would give me you know, a leg up for the competition. What do you miss about college coaching, if anything? No, I miss it. I do miss it. I miss the the player interaction. I love I love the rondo. Love joking around with the guys. I love just being a part of their day. Honestly, they they made my day better too. I felt more like one of them at the time when I was coaching, especially when I first started coaching college. I felt more. You know, I felt very relatable to them as players. So any chance that I got to hop in, I would do that. So I really enjoyed just the relationships. That's what I miss a lot is the relationships that. You know, game, especially with new faces, getting to know new people. That's the bit. That's the biggest part I miss: the relationships with the players. Real Salt Lake. Uh, let's talk about the the environment there. I'm always interested in what game days look like for an analyst. Talk us through breakfast onwards, Joe. Like you know, you get up, you get yourself sorted. What does a game day look like from you? So for me, I don't have to go into these uh, earlier trainings. Um, you know that are that are held at the academy. Um, for, so a game day for me, it was just trying to get to. It was getting to the stadium about three hours prior to kickoff, maybe a little bit than that at times. And game days were really really mild because all the work's done earlier in the week. So it was just showing up, making sure that uh, anything that the coaching staff wanted to add for the final you know, product for the players was done. Um, so that wasn't a, a, a big stressor. And it's just a lot of technical things, like getting the video room prepared, making sure that there's chairs, making sure that the connections are all working, making sure the TV is working, and just being prepared for anything that could possibly go wrong. So that's all before kickoff. Um, so again, all the work's done prior, mostly on game day, it's just making sure that things are sorted out on the technical side. And then uh, about a... When the players go out for the warm-ups, I'll head upstairs. Rob will head up to the 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 bench, and we'll just make sure our connections are working. 
between the, the iPad and, and Mac with us here. And then once that's all set up, we're just, you know, ready to go, looking at the opposition warming up and see if there's any tweaks or changes that they, they might have made that we didn't catch. And then the, the game finishes, final whistle goes. Is it is it all crazy for a while or is it the next day and everything uploads? Or, or like, when does it get crazy for you guys? So after the game, uh, we'll, we'll all meet back at the office and, and just, you know, talk about the game, good or bad. Um, we'll try to get these organizers ready to go for the coaching staff so that they can be with, with the game package itself. So they'll have the game and they'll have all the cut modes uh, of the game um, that are tagged. So it's good for them to manage on there the next day uh, when they want to go through it. And usually that's when they'll put together the, the coaching staff, the Pablo and Matt, and Brett, and Nacho will put together the, the match recap for the following day. And then and then we'll we'll obviously put it all together in the final product. But they'll pick their moments of, of what they want to see. And so it's not too crazy. The crazy days are all leading up, the scouting, that's the biggest part of the job for us is just being prepared with the scout. I'm imagining that starts the next morning uh, with all the other games getting uploaded to the server, and then you're you're chopping that for the next three, four days, maybe? Exactly. So what we try to do is take uh, three prior games, um, maybe not the last three specifically, but if our next opponent has played someone with a similar style or similar similar uh, formation that, that we're thinking of playing against them, that's how we look at it. We'll tag three games. Uh, it can get... a uh, Challenging at times, trying to find a, an opponent that played a similar style at that venue. It's, it's a nonstop uh, process of, of scouting opponents, cutting up clips, putting together scouts, and starting on the next opponent for the next week, maybe two weeks out, three weeks out, trying to get as uh, ahead of it as possible. Do you get a day off, Joe? Do you, is there a day that you match day minus one do you take off, or is it just all systems go all the same? No, there's there's moments where you take the time off but it's on it's on me really it's on us really to be prepared so if you want to leave things to the last minute then you're not going to have as much time off mm -hmm. so being as prepared as possible you get ahead of things so you can have that you can enjoy that one day off but a lot of times uh, that that's the role i felt as a video analyst is he's ready to go you need to have everything printed out so if that means you sacrifice an hour or two of your day off to make sure that you know your scouts ready uh what about training do you, you you guys are you live tagging training or how does that process flow uh so we we do film trainings usually with the drone we, we're not live tagging it but it, it's kind of the same thing we're able to, to stop recording start recording just the press of a button so that makes the the workload a little easier when you when after training uh, so you film training we'll go in we'll cut up everything that we need to do We'll organize it, we'll put it into a database, and then uh, if the coaching staff wants to see any specific moments, we'll go and put that for them so they can present it to specific players or units in, in small group meetings or, or even adding it to the staff. You mentioned at the start about Rob Rogers, and, and obviously he was the he was the sole analyst or the head of analysis there at, at Salt Lake, and you're bringing in yourself. What kind of growth has, has happened there over the last few years in terms of expanding that department, and how has he managed that? Yeah, so Rob went in as just a solo analyst himself, and not much of an analyst background either, so uh, he's learned a lot from first-hand experience. 
and he's done a great job. He, he's brought me in. He's worked with Huddle. Um, so the, the department's growing. He oversees all the analysts within the organization, So and, and he helps with the academy as well, just showing them how we use video for the first team. And I think sports code is fairly new for them as well. So just making sure everyone's trained up. Um, constant communication, obviously, with the coaching staff. He's done a great job, very organized, and always looking to see how we can make everything more efficient. Speaking of learning on the fly, so you you also took some uh, coach tech courses, which is now APFA. Um, obviously, we've we've teamed up a fair bit with Oliver Gage, and, and now we're teaming up with APFA. What was your? How did that help you um, with your journey and your pathway taking those courses? Yeah, during the pandemic, I was looking for anything on online that I could find to help me out, and I stumbled upon his page and the coach tech courses. So and they were they're very reasonably priced as well. So I decided to do one. I think I did the opposition analysis uh, and scouting course first, and it was it's just chock full of information. It was so much information that was all pertaining to you know things that you can't find very easily, um, things that I hadn't I didn't know before. So lots of good information, and it, and it also provided me with the structure. How how can I structure these analysis? So, so like I said earlier, when I was trying to reach out to the professional coaches, I probably gave them a product that wasn't very organized. So these coach tech courses were fantastic in helping me organize everything to what I was doing, almost like telling a story. Without giving too much away, what does uh, what from an analytical standpoint or a video standpoint, what does halftime look like for real? Sort of like what does Pablo want to have to be able to look at uh, when you go down there? Is it is it heavy on the video or, or what does that look like? Yeah, so usually I'm up in the box um, tagging the game. So we'll tag every moment from the game. Um, and then as we go, myself and Rob will put in into a different line of sports code, like videos for the for the halftime. And then the coaching staff or the coaching staff will radio and ask for specific moments. Hey, can you go back and put this one or clip this moment? And so that's what we'll do. We'll just clip these moments and then the staff will go through those videos and talk through those moments with the players. So I'm fascinated by this. Is that process, hey, are they giving you a number or are they live saying, hey, that there? Uh, that, I mean, how, how are they communicating exactly what they want, so to speak? So usually it's uh so that's the nice part about having Rob on the bench is that Matt can oh, just Rob, Rob's so on the bench. bench. Rob's on the bench with the iPad and with the huddle products we have, he can go back and clip moments or, or drag moments that I've clipped into uh, a specific line. So it's it's really easy, it's real streamlined, the lag time's not too long, and so it's easy for him to it's easier for him to sit next to the coaching staff and them let him uh the coaching staff let rob know hey put this moment in there or rob will just put moments that he sees fit in there or he'll radio up even but it's just a little bit easier for you know rob to be on the bench doing doing the halftime videos pertaining to whatever the coaching staff would like and then i'm i'm also there that can do it as well so i can i can tag the game live but I can also go back to specific moments while the game's happening and, and put them into a specific line. Yeah, interesting, interesting. Yeah, and then you mentioned there that review of the game when you sit down and you kind of talk about it. Is that as an analyst group or is that as a full coaching staff? 
that's just a full coaching staff. Um, so everybody's in the office in one area and, and usually we'll just talk things out, talk, talk, or ask to see certain moments. Wow. I bet that one can get lively at times. <laughs> For sure. There's been some good discussions though. I mean, in the office and that's what I, that's my favorite part, honestly, of the job is I get to be in there. I get to listen to the, these guys go back and forth and discuss tactics and discuss moments. And it's been it's been great for me. I've learned I've learned so much from that just by being in the room. Okay, moving on now to the career and analyst, and we've got sports career agency. Are actually we just started a partnership with them, so they're they're looking at at doing more resume building and helping coaches prepare in the process, and they do a brilliant job. So, you know, I wanted to get your thoughts on. Well, first of all, a young analyst, let's say. Someone unlike you or me is, uh, skips the coaching side and says, you know what, I'll just go into that there. What, what advice would you have for someone coming out of college? First off, in the U.S., because I'm sure you get this on LinkedIn. I get, a, I get a fair amount on LinkedIn that say, hey, listen, I'm 23, 24, college senior, love the analysis side. What's the next steps? How would you, how would you advise someone to prepare for that? I just think that you know any any sort of like background in the game itself would be great i think being a coach a coach analyst or, or an analyst that comes from a coaching background is great uh, i think that uh coaching has benefited me in my in my career as an analyst the short career so far um but i think that if i had any advice for someone coming out of college it's it's just being as prepared as possible do whatever you can to to be more com- comfortable with the analysis process see if you can get an internship somewhere see if you can do work somewhere um because that's all it really comes down to i think that it's it's getting your foot in the door really so if you can network somehow if you can if you can get an internship of some sort i think that would be very beneficial i'm not coming from that background at all so it's tough for me to say hey here's what you do but i think that if, if we're looking for someone that's young and high energy good attitude and and has a background in the game i think that they have if they can get their foot in the door somewhere with an internship or even with what oliver's doing right now that would be great just anything that you can network because that's what ended up uh, working for me i i had to reach out to people i had to try to get force my foot in the door somewhere and eventually someone gave me a little bit of a chance and that was that meant the world to me yeah, I, I actually am going to challenge it. I don't think, and you may just be humble, but I, from from listening to your journey, Joe, I think you've actually been proactive in in making those connections, but you've also been proactive in in trying to get feedback on work. You know, like like the, the story you said about uh, Freddie, was it that sending him some work? I think that's a big step in in getting that relationship. Is that you provided him something to look at, right? Not just a hello. Can you tell me about yourself? Yeah, I mean, it's it's putting yourself out there for sure because it's it's very uncomfortable. Not for me, at least, it was very uncomfortable being self-taught in a sense. And here's what I put together from what I know. And please give me any feedback. And I would tell these coaches, and I would ask, I'd be be as critical as possible. That's what I'm looking for. I want I want my next one to be better. I want my next one after that to be my next uh, project to be better after that. So. I, I agree. I think being proactive, putting yourself out there, it's uncomfortable. You're in a vulnerable space, but it's a, it's for development. That's that's what it really comes down to. 
let's just say Rob gives you a call in 10 minutes and says, all right, we've got the okay from upstairs to hire another analyst. Um, you're going to be the one who hires that analyst. Um, talk me through the skills that you would look at uh, for, for that role. I just think, uh, like I mentioned earlier, uh, I'd look for a background in the game. I'd look to see if they've done any sort of analysis work and if they could provide me with anything like that. And then it'd just be getting to know the person because you spend a lot of time with these people. So you want to make sure that they're someone that uh, that is high energy, good good attitude, motivated. And and that's, that's really what I'd be looking for. I mean, um, in a sense, just because that's that's part of the job it's it's being around people that you know for long moments of the day large parts of the day and you you got to have a good attitude (laughs) no one wants to be around somebody that's moping all the time so i think that's important i think that having the right attitude is is very important the right mentality is being important are are we going to do a job that's good enough or are we going to try to get better with each moment how can we be more efficient how can we make the life of the coaches easier um and how can we streamline everything so i think it's just a constant state of that just just progression progressions progressions hello coaches we'll take a quick break here today's podcast is sponsored by football careers a new partnership we've got the global football recruitment company that specializes in recruitment for clubs colleges universities and private soccer academies around the world In addition to their specialist recruitment services, they also support candidates at all levels in the game with professionally designed football resumes. I and Minds created recently and the professionalism and the design absolutely blew me away. They support candidates with coaching philosophy brochures, PowerPoint presentations and interview coaching for all of your application and interview needs. They've worked closely with FAI in Ireland, FAW Wales, Coach Education Department, the LMA and the English PFA. They're just some of the high profile clients that use their services. They have been kind enough to offer Modern Soccer Coach podcast listeners 10% discount on their products using the code MSC10 at checkout. MSC10, all capitals, MSC10 at checkout. Check them out, footballcareers.com. If you want to have your resume updated, if you're looking for some support around the job search or just your coaching philosophy, please check them out. Really, really excited to team up with them. Back to Joe. Yeah, it's it's interesting Like when you look at personality types, uh, and I might just be saying this because I'm biased, but uh, if you're coming from a coaching background, that communication piece, you've got a big advantage, don't you? If you're speaking in front of people and you're used to, as a coach today, you have to, it's very much a two-way street. You have to listen. You have to, you mentioned there about the two ears and the one, you have to listen more than what you're speaking, especially if you're doing it full time. Um, so maybe a coach today does actually have an advantage when they're going into that full-time environment. I would think so. Um, I, I That's the, just because that's the side I'm coming from. I don't know the other side where I'm not you know, into soccer, but I want to be an analyst and I mm. want to, I think you can relate more as a coach um, coming into the analysis side where um, it's, it's easy to sit down and, and point out everything that possibly went wrong or, or pull up statistics and whatnot, but it's another part to help the coaches and aid them in their coaching process. Mm-hmm. And what's the end goal? 
I think uh, I think you posted it, but it was Arson Wenger mentioned something about out of all the information they get, they need to mm. they need to break it down to three things. And I think that from being a coach and going into analysis, I think it's important that you know that and you can make it as efficient and easy as possible for these coaches. Yeah, being able to communicate is important, and that's that's one thing that I struggled with, and still still till this day struggle with a little bit is. You can get lost in the in the wilderness there with analysis. You can really, uh, you can go off on all these different areas of what you're looking for. And there's so many little things in the game that you can that maybe matter to you at the time when you're doing your analysis. But in the big picture, do they really? Are they really as are they really going to affect things as much as you think? And that's something I really struggled with when I try to implement some of this analysis stuff with the college level. You know, trying to implement KPIs, and then it's and then it's like a three-man operation. So trying to trying to get these other coaches on board with it, right? And it's it's a tough process, man. You can really get lost. Mm. So I think that's that's part of the journey, though. I think me getting lost and in, in the wilderness with this with analysis, and then it, it helps bring you back to really what's what matters in the game, what's efficient, what's effective, and then how how can how does it pertain to where I'm at now? So whereas it pertained at the college level might be different to where I'm at now. Or it might be different from the youth level. So there's all there's so many different ways to go about it. Yeah. Well let's say you you went back to college tomorrow and, and took a head college coaching job with the experience that you've had as an analyst. What what is one thing that analyst Joe would implement and help college coach Joe with that with that experience. Uh, just I think that with college coaches, they have so much on their plate all the time and not a lot of resources. So most college coaches, I, I mean, the college coach that I work for, Josh Pittman, very under resourced, and and so trying to aid him and with his work, whether that's taking some some of the the office worker or helping with the soccer stuff and not trying to bog him down with too much. I think that if I were to go back, delegating work would be so important. That's what I see at the professional level. I mean, and obviously they're fully resourced. They've got coaches for this and that and the analysts now. And I think that, so it leaves the coaches to just focus on the soccer, but with college, I think that having the right help. So if you have, if you do have coaches that, are of quality and you can delegate or at least you can teach them the what you want to see out of the analysis side then you can leave some of that work to them and it takes a big chunk off of your plate um because that's that's a lot of the job i mean college coaches in season trying to watch game film back trying to pick the moments that they want to see and on top of that having to budget travel and and and, and meetings and everything else recruiting at the same time there's a lot on their plate. So if you can delegate something and make one of your assistant coaches a specialist in something, that would be a big help. That's what I think I would try to do, whether they're trained in this or that or, or not. What's their strength and weakness and how can I help guide them in that process? And then and then it's more hands off and it's giving them the responsibility and that'll help them grow as a coach. Very interesting. Uh, I was awful at that as a head coach in college. If I was assessed on delegation, it would be a big F because because of what you're saying, right? You're you're used to doing everything, but with the analysis head, you could then say, all right, well, maybe you could give us and with a bit of guidance, you could get that coach to help a bit more in scouting or post game or or those IDPs. Uh, 
maybe it makes you appreciate maybe the the compartmentalization that you can get into with coaching yeah i agree i think when i first when i first went on as an assistant coach to josh Pittman, i was just there you know <laughs> kick balls at goalies because it was a two-man yeah. job so he'd take you know 30 players and i would take four goalies and i'd smash soccer balls at them and i'd go on youtube and find goalkeeper exercises my <laughs> shot got really good but you know i don't know how much i helped him at that time but as it as we grew then i i realized how much was on his plate and then and then just trying to aid him in whatever process I could. So whether that's even recruiting, hey, I'll take this recruiting. And he, and of course he guided me. So everything that um, I learned at the time, he would guide me first because I was so raw and new um, to, to, that, to that part of the game. I coach youth soccer, that's so different. You know, coaching college is a whole different animal and there's so many different uh, aspects to it. So even with recruiting, for example, what am I really looking for? Like, am I, anybody can find the standout kid, but what is it that we need for the next year, the next two years, you know, two years out, what do we need? And so it's trying to scout these kids that, okay, what does this kid look like in, you know, as a senior in, in college, now that he's a, a, a senior in high school. So get him guiding me through that process was very beneficial to me. So now he could relay some of that work onto me and I can go to these events and, and recruit for him instead of him having to do everything. And same with the uh, same with the uh, you know scouting or, or the match recap, I can go in and watch. Hey, look at this and that. Now he takes a little bit of the workload off of him, a little bit more stress off of him. I think that that's what I would want to do um, if I went back and coach college. I'd take whatever whoever my assistant was and try to guide them in a process so it makes just everything a little bit more streamlined than it can be, right? So instead of you doing everything for 14 years, maybe it takes you can have uh, a day here and there. <laughs> that was so much better. You mentioned before about the resources and um, sports code and huddle, and obviously these are you know it's great to have at the professional level and college coaches uh, and and high school and club coaches that are listening to this uh, will be like, oh yeah, I, I don't have any of that. So let's say you know someone asks you right, what well, where would you start with a low budget? Like what what do you think the lowest bearing fruit is? For, and from an analysis viewpoint in a club, high school, college environment? Um, I think that if you can get a camera and if you can get somebody to film a game, you're 90% of the way there. I think if you can get film of the game, um, and obviously this is your own game because very rarely if you're a club or if you're a high school can you go and, and get scouting on an opponent, right, or film from an opponent. So this is all this is all internal. This is all ourselves here. Um, if you can get somebody to film the games, 90% of the job's done. Now you just throw that into iMovie. You can cut out clips. You can make an analysis right there. That's a shoestring budget. But if you can get a VO, if you can get a huddle camera, that's a big help. We have one. I coach a youth soccer here in Utah, and I have a VO camera that I use. And it's, it's great. Even if the club doesn't purchase the camera itself, um, it's an easy sell to the parents to say, hey, these are memories that are gonna last forever. These are these are moments that you can build a recruiting video on, which you know, I've helped players build recruiting videos um, and highlight videos. So it's an easy sell to have everybody kind of pitch in um, for the common good. And then for me to have a video camera, access to games, I can go in, I can do a scout, very or not a scout, I'm sorry, a, a, a match analysis very easily, or I can do a concept video, look at, We've been working on switching the point of attack this week. 
here's these moments. Here's why they're good. You guys let me know why they're good or however you, you want to do the analysis. I obviously might do it differently, but, um, than, than somebody else. But, uh, I think that that's, that's it. That's all you really need. Camera and iMovie, uh, windows movie player maker, um, whatever you, whatever you can, that's, that's the shoestring as it gets. And then these analysis videos don't need to be so, you don't need to go sit in 45 minutes worth of a video with, with a club team. Um, I always think it's good to be short and sweet, um, and make everything positive. So I'll, I'll have videos that are anywhere between five to eight minutes. And then there is, they're mostly positive moments, mostly positive. This is why this is positive. Um, and then I think that relates to these kids now a little bit better. I'm talking from a youth soccer standpoint right now. Um, I think that with just the common, the common or the modern day where they have social media, they have reels and TikTok, and everything's kind of short and quick. I don't think that a longer video sessions are going to be as beneficial as shorter. And then are you, what do you want to, you want to build these kids up. You want to be positive as possible. I think that's more of a psychological thing than anything else. <clears throat> so that's what I would suggest. Uh, camera, um, iMovie, short and sweet. Yeah, something that I've, I've definitely learned that over the last few years. Well, again, as a college coach, I think I thought it as evidence. The more evidence I collected, the stronger my my argument would be that we needed to do something or improve something. So I would gather lots of evidence, maybe and I didn't think it was that much at the time, but looking back, it was probably about 12, 15 minutes. And I get oh, horrified now of, of thinking to put a player through 12 minutes of video. Like, that's a lot. Yeah, it doesn't sound like a lot until you're in there and you're 15 years old or, or, or as a college kid, you're 19 years old and you got all this other stuff going on. Um, but yeah, I, I agree. I think that and that's still not super long. I know that there's still you know coaches out there watching 45 minutes or full games and you know if you can get something out of it that's great but can you get more bang for your buck that's that's really what we're looking for that was a punishment when i was a player was if we got beat <laughs> badly we'd have to watch the game did you do that as a player yeah yeah sometimes yeah, yeah. i had to watch and it's tough i mean even as an assistant coach my first couple of years it's watching some video trying not to try not to doze off there <laughs> <laughs> our coach is like you were so so bad today that you'd have to this is brilliant like this is 25 years ago you're so bad today that you have to watch yourself play again it's just comical um <laughs> all right as we as we wrap it up uh, you know you, you you're pretty you're pretty aggressive uh with your learning and your feedback i love the messages that you're you know how you get your positions and how you think and you mentioned about getting that feedback and get a little bit better almost just the mentality of a player uh, is what you want an analyst, an analyst to be. Um, well, where where do you draw inspiration? Like, where do you get your your kind of love of the game, your ideas, that creative side of you? I think that that stemmed from you know just my upbringing. My mom and dad instilled a mentality in me and an attitude in me. Um, I think I ha I was the youngest of four, so I had two two older brothers and an older sister. My older brothers played at a pretty high level. Um, and so I always wanted to do what they did, played soccer and, 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 you know, after getting punished in the backyard by getting kicked and whacked, you know, there's only so much that you can, you can take something from that. Right. So I think I drew a lot from them. My dad specifically was a coach himself. And so, um, I think that's kind of where I got my love of the game was from him. 
Um, and then also just at the next, the progressions in my life. So uh, the technical side, I definitely love that part of my dad. We do Corver, we do all the Corver stuff growing up, right? So I love the ball mastery side of the game. I really appreciate players that are very technical and skillful. Uh, then as I got into the college game, Josh Pittman, he was fantastic in helping me um, just just by giving me a chance. So that was, that was very beneficial for me as well. Um, that's and now nowadays it's just drawing inspiration from uh, the coaches at at the professional level. You know, these coaches like I, I love watching all the games of you know, I love watching. I'm a Man United fan. So what Eric Ten Hag's doing, I love it. Uh, Pep Guardiola, obviously, Klopp. Every uh, there's so many coaches out there that uh, that just they're inspiring. I have a lot of admiration for them. Um, even even the coaches growing up that in club they have, they played their role as well. I just think it's just the whole coming together. And I was just a soccer junkie myself, so that was that's I just love the game. So any any parts of the game that attract my eye i i just do my research on these guys and 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 see how how i can add the good into my own game mm, i love it i love it uh last one for you we're 45 minutes away from a very very big game us iran put, i'm gonna put you in the spot like which team have you loved like tactically have you got all oh, have some of that who's jumped out at you you know i love it's gonna sound i don't uh spain is the team that i've really enjoyed and i know everybody's gonna say that you know that's but their positional play their technical ability and just the runs that they're making off the ball have been fantastic um the, the spain germany game was amazing germany's incredible as well uh, i also watched the portugal game and just seeing the rotations of their midfielders dropping in and out of the line and then the flexibility in the second half with their but their defensive setup, so they look like a four-one-four-one at times. They look like a four-four-two at times. Um, I, but I think that, you know, it, France, France has been dominant as well. Brazil, um, I thought Canada looked good in the first half against uh, against Belgium. Uh, Croatia, though, they they opened my eyes again. I thought that they're they they could be a dark horse for me. So I think that there's a lot of teams that are in there. Um, from a tactical point of view, and obviously I like going back and watching these games to see, like, okay, what what happened here? Why did that? Why did how did this work? And just seeing the the Spain versus Germany game, for example, like the German press, they they, they were trying to press real high, and the way that Spain was able to to build out and some of these diagonal passes that we're making from one from one center mid, a progressive pass forward to another running in between the lines, and just how clean everything is. Uh, you know this World Cup. Everything's been just such on like a knife's edge, a knife's edge. You know, um, but as much as we talk about the tactical side, it's these little moments that are are making the games. You know, like we talk about the Canada Belgium game. I mean, they were so dominant in the first half, but they missed a penalty, and then one straight long ball over the top that wasn't dealt with is the difference. I think that's the difference of the game. It's crazy. So I, I do enjoy that. I enjoy the tactical side of things, but. I'm also seeing uh, just how these little moments make or break the game. Yeah, fascinating. Um, I'm with you in Spain, and, I, and I've, I've done a couple of breaks. I'm just watching games and just putting a couple of thoughts in. But hey, those rotations are at such a high level, aren't they? Like, it's, it is it's incredible. It's, 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 like it's, it's 11 out of 10 scale as to how good it is. 
Mm. Yeah, and one thing that I enjoyed with um, being in the MLS this year is that when I could tag games, I could go back and watch all these moments. I can't do that so easily. Yeah. Telly, you know, so I got to rewind it. Oh, how did that happen? Uh, hey, it's hard going from a, going from <laughs> a tactical cam to going from a TV cam. It's like McDonald's yeah. and uh, and Ruth Chris's Steakhouse, isn't it? It's, it's a tough, tough, yeah, tough transition. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Brilliant, brilliant. Joe, fantastic. Time has flown. We got started eventually, and, and thankfully we finished uh, before the game. Thank you so much for coming on your your journey. Um, is very, very inspiring, will help a lot of people. So keep it rolling, and thank you so much. Thank you, too. I appreciate everything you've done. Like I said, I've, I've been in and out of your website, buying the buying the video packages, go back uh, on those. It, they're great, man. The books, everything, fantastic. You were, you were a big resource for me during the pandemic as well, um, which I failed to mention earlier, so I apologize. But, uh, but thank you for everything you're doing. I, I really appreciate being here, too. So thank you for your time. Joe, thank you. Fantastic. Thank you for listening to the Modern Soccer Coach Podcast. For more coaching topics, sessions, and resources, head on over to Coach Kerneen on Facebook or visit the website at www.modernsoccercoach.com.